championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Well, good evening, fellow Neanderthals. Welcome to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. We're happy you joined us this evening here at your local liberal resistance headquarters, where we proudly champion the conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. We're thrilled to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open you can reach us at 316-869-1330, by email at john at knssradio.com, on Facebook at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. It's always a pleasure when we uh, when we get to talk to listeners. Tonight should be a good show. I, I think we're going to have a, uh, a very interesting uh, bunch of different topics to discuss tonight. Former Speaker of the Kansas House, Ray Merrick, is going to join us. I don't know if you know what's going to happen here later this week, but tomorrow the new legislative session opens up, and uh, House Democrats are going to attempt to expel one of their own members. Obviously, I've had lots of conversations with existing, you know, with sitting reps, including the Speaker and a few others, and uh, I have an idea how they may handle it, but we can't talk with them about it because effectively they're the jury in this case. So we're going to have House Speak, former House Speaker Ray Merrick on to talk about this situation, expelling a member. It's never happened before and how he might handle it. Justin Olson, the former CFO of Turning Point USA, is going to answer the question, what will 2022 be known for? He's uh, also running for U.S. Senate against a sitting Democrat in Arizona. We'll talk with him. We'll check in with Representative Blake Carpenter about missing the 2022 legislative session due to his Air Force deployment. He's going to call us a little bit later this evening from uh, from Texas. He's actually deployed at an Air Force base in Texas. Michael Letts, the founder of Invest USA, will be with us to discuss the one-year anniversary of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. And we're going to talk with Ashley Varner from the Freedom Foundation about the growing number of teachers' unions who are once again trying to shut down our nation's schools because, you know, that, that worked so well the last time. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls as well, 316-869-1330. So, you know, this is this was the week... Uh, that America passed the one-year anniversary of the riots at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. That anniversary was Thursday. And let, let me start by saying I doubt anyone who watched those events unfold could have been, could not have been disturbed by what we saw that day. I mean, I remember watching them. Uh, it, it was shameful. The lawless and unacceptable acts of the rioters on the 6th were reprehensible and and should rightly be condemned. It was terrible to watch. I hated seeing it. But you know what? So should the riots that we all witnessed during the summer of 2020, for that matter. And it seems, you know, a lot of the left tends to forget that. They want to whitewash that part of it. But what we're seeing instead and what we saw on the commemoration, the annual, the anniversary was a continuation of a narrative from the left, from the media, that chooses to ignore the riots of 2020 and exaggerate the Capitol riot of 2021. It was a riot, by the way. It was not an insurrection. It was a bunch of hooligans, a bunch of you know idiots who got out there and made asses of themselves. Over the summer of 2020, America endured a whole series of riots by idiots who made asses of themselves. 400 or excuse me 574 of them to be specific. 574 violent quote mostly peaceful protests. Remember when the press called it that mostly peaceful. 574 of them. Dozens of Americans were killed as part of those events. 
There are over 600 documented arson attacks as part of the mostly peaceful protests. 97 police vehicles were lit on fire. Hundreds of businesses torched, permanently put out of business. Police precincts burned and occupied during the mostly peaceful protests. There were over 2,000 incidents of looting in a three-month period alone during the mostly peaceful protests. Over $2 billion in property was damaged or destroyed. 60 Secret Service officers were injured during the attacks on the White House alone. Oh, that's right. That, that, That wasn't an insurrection. They attacked the White House. Burned a church across the street. Oh, the the left seems to forget that. And how are those cases being adjudicated? That's a good question. And it also indicates where we are in society today. There have been 725 arrests related to the Capitol riots. And today, one of those cases has been dropped. There were 16,241 arrests related to the Antifa BLM riots of the summer of 2020. To date, 90% of those have been dropped. 90% dropped. Not pressing charges. Because, of course, they were mostly peaceful protests. So, you know, I mean, they're just expressing their, their frustration and their angst, right? Just drop the charges. All of these acts of violence were perpetrated by Antifa and BLM and their mostly peaceful supporters. Where's the press? Where's the Democrats? Where's the president, the vice president calling for justice for these attacks on our democracy? And by the way, we're we're a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. Somebody please, you know, read Kamala Harris a little bit of, you know, history 101. January 6th was a terrible event. It's an embarrassment, but it was not a terrorist attack. It was not an insurrection. It was not treason. By their definition, it should be called a mostly peaceful protest. The left calls the January 6th riots an insurrection, but to date the FBI has conducted a vast investigation and found zero evidence of any insurrection. Over 725 people have been charged. And you know what they've been charged with? Trespassing. An unlawful entry. No one has been charged with insurrection, sedition, or treason. But those are the words the left and the media keep throwing around. Insurrection. It's a political term that is being used by Democrats and the corporate media to try to falsely slander every Trump voter across America. And on Thursday, here we go with the anniversary. One CNN commentator was wondering, quote, if it's possible to move on from January 6th. Other than the liberal media and the Democrats, the rest of the country moved on 367 days ago. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris chose to commemorate the occasion by dividing our country even further. And how did the vice president commemorate it? She compared the attack on the Capitol to 9-11 and the attack on Pearl Harbor. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. We're a republic. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. That's just offensive. On that day, that, that, is, that is literally offensive. I was not only offensive. vice president-elect. Cut her off. I don't want to I was her also anymore. Her voice is so shrieking. 2,403 Americans died at Pearl Harbor. My own father served in the Pacific War during World War II, as I'm sure many of yours did. 2,400 Americans died in Pearl Harbor. She just compared them to. Nearly 3,000 people were killed in the 9-11 attacks. And again, Kamala Harris just compared the two. The vice president demeans the sacrifices of those Americans by politicizing them. 
and comparing them to the riots on January 6th, 2021. But you know, the Democrat Party motto, never let a good crisis go to waste. For his part, in an attempt to heal the nation, during his pointed remarks, Biden blamed former President Trump and his Republican allies for the siege, saying their false assertions about the integrity of the 2020 presidential election led to the violence that broke out at the Capitol that day. Biden blamed us. He blamed Republicans. The guy who pledged to unite the country, who claimed he would represent a blue he wouldn't represent a blue America or a red America, but a United States of America, blamed every American who didn't vote for him. That's the uniter in chief. What we saw Thursday was political theater and it was all just a distraction from the fact Joe Biden has completely and totally failed. But nonetheless, there they were, Joe and Kamala in the Capitol on Thursday, taking a moment of silence to commemorate the insurrection. Folks, we don't need a moment of silence for January 6th. We need a moment of silence for the disaster that is Joe Biden's presidency. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, former Speaker of the House Ray Merrick will join us to discuss the unprecedented attempt by House Democrats to expel one of their own members. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Wow. Retirement seems to have uh, reinvigorated your golf game. Been taking lessons from the club pro? Nope. I've been listening to Baxter & Associates about reviewing my financial and retirement plans. So Baxter & Associates helps you... Relax. (laughs) Whoa. Call 652-0101 or go to money-planning.com. Baxter & Associates. Time well spent, money well invested. Securities and advisory services offered through Sage Point Financial Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. These entities are not affiliated. This is Wink Hartman, bringing you the Hartman Truth Minute on KNSS Radio. Here's today's Hartman Truth Minute. Wallet Hub's analysis determined that Kansas' effective property tax rate is 4.67%, ranking Kansas 37th in the nation. Kansans pay even more annually in sales and excise taxes. Wallet Hub estimates Kansas has an effective sales and excise tax rate of 5.48%, or 41st in our nation. Kansas is one of 16 states that tax food sales. The food sales tax rates rank Kansas 50th. That's right, dead last, according to Wallet Hub. We know when people are deciding where to locate, taxes are at the top of the list. We need to rethink our state revenue sources to create a growing and prosperous Kansas for all of our citizens. This is the Hartman Truth Minute. Keep your water heater heating up your faucet for me. And just call up the pros at David Lee's Plumbing. David Lee's Plumbing has been in business since 1978. We operate in both commercial and residential markets. We are experienced in new projects, remodel projects, and repair or service work. Contact David Lee's Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. Visit us online at davidleesplumbing.com. Let David Lee's Plumbing give your plumbing a new lease on life. Southern Rock at its best. Rock returns to Seven Clans First Council Casino and Resort. Friday, February 18th, 38th special in an all-ages show. Get tickets at the casino box office. Check 7plans.com. 38th special at 7 Plans First Council Casino and Resort in Newkirk. I got a spooky story for you. Well, this, this story this is a true story. Uh, shadow person. Supernatural person. An alien abduction story. Yeah, I usually don't tell people this story because nobody believes me. Do not tell your story. You sound crazy. Coast to Coast AM, the place where you don't sound crazy. I believe you. Thank you to everybody at Coast to Coast. For being so brilliant. For keeping me company. Providing such an intelligent forum. Keep up the good work. Coast to Coast AM. Live long and prosper. Overnights on 98.7 and 1330 KNS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. 
Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio and make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. So the 2020-2021 legislative sessions have already seen some firsts. We had the first ever special session called by the legislature And next week's unprecedented attempt by House Democrats to expel one of their own members may top that list. Joining us now to discuss what's likely to be a weird first week of the session for many in the Kansas House is former Speaker of the House Ray Merrick. Mr. Speaker, thank you for joining us this evening, my friend. Thank you, John. I'm glad to join you. So uh, in in case my listeners are a little unfamiliar with the case, Aaron Coleman is a 21-year-old Democrat representative from Kansas City who uh, he had some off-the-field issues, shall we say. He was arrested in November for a DUI. That arrest came less than a month after Overland Park police arrested him involving a, a domestic violence battery charge with, uh, with his family. He got into an incident with his family. He's had some stuff in his past. But, uh, I mean, clearly the kid has some issues, but he hasn't been convicted. He hasn't been, you know, sentenced or anything like that. So all this is just accusations and arrests. Here's the key here, Ray. The kid clearly has some issues, but does all of this warrant expelling him from the House? Well, uh, if you recall, John, last year uh, or last session, they also had a – a committee that was put together, uh, you know, to look at these issues because he had issues before these last couple. And it was decided at the time that uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, hadn't been sworn in to the legislature when those uh, instances had, had happened. So they really didn't feel like they had the, uh, it's my understanding, they didn't feel like they had the authority to go back and say, well, he he wasn't representative, so what jurisdiction do we have? Now, that's my understanding of what happened. Right. And uh, it's kind of, and I I probably agree with that, it's kind of hard to uh, take up an issue that, didn't involve his time while he was in the legislature. Yeah. And so it's went on. My my concern is it looks like a Democratic problem to me. The Democrats ought to handle it on their own without getting Republicans and everybody else involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes he, sense. You've got you've got a, an election coming up in seven months. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think either of us, I don't think anybody, I've heard anybody really making excuses or trying to explain the behaviors. But at the same time, you know, we've had Republicans that have had DUIs while in office. You've had multiple Democrats. I can think Brandon Woodard has two DUIs. Jim Ward had had some DUI issues. Vic Miller had a DUI where he drove off the highway and ended up in a ditch during session. Um, you know, how often are they going to start doing that every time somebody has a, you know, a, a personal problem? And well, it, it just seems like you're undoing the results of a Democratic election. Well, you've got uh, in a lot of those people that you mentioned are still in the legislature. Yes. It's been done to them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of a, a strange justice. Uh, you know, the, the kid obviously has some problems. But the other thing you have to look at. He's been elected twice. That's right. He got ele- he got elected in the primary. He got elected in the general. He's got a constituency that he's represented. And like you said, there's got there's, there is an election coming up in in July or July or August that uh, is going to solve this problem one way or the other. He either gets reelected if he runs again, or he doesn't. Yeah. Well, and and here's, you know, you you brought up the constituency, and I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just sort of a conspiracy nut, but I think his constituency may be part of what's motivating this. I mean, he is an outspoken Democratic socialist. He basically the Kansas's version of Bernie Sanders and AOC. I mean, I, I have to wonder 
if this Very attempt true, uh, uh, just a lot younger. Yes, yeah, yeah, just a lot younger. But the same ideology. I mean, he's for yeah. you know uh, universal basic income, the Green New Deal, free, free, free. He's a he's a true socialist, and and he's called out Governor Kelly. He's called out the House leadership. He, he constantly ridiculing them for not being liberal enough, for not being socialist enough, for not being true Democrats. I have to think if this attempt by his colleagues might be at least in part motivated by the fact that he's a thorn in their sides who keeps pushing them to the left, and, and they don't want to have to deal with him. No, I think uh, him drawing attention so much attention to himself, it draws attention to them, and I don't think they they like being under the microscope like that. No, and I'm sure Laura Kelly doesn't like the comparisons because – you know, she's run bills. I mean, like this this bribe of hers, the two hundred and fifty five hundred dollars uh, taxpayer money for all taxpayers. Well, that's literally a bill that Aaron Coleman tried to run last year. So she's taking well, ideas from in, him. Uh, in all the in all the tax cuts she's proposing, uh, the uh, legislature gave her a tax bill last year that had all this stuff in it. Not only the food tax, but a lot of other taxes. She vetoed it. Right. Yeah, well, that's because she wasn't running for re-election last year. Well, and yeah, so, I, so I'm up for re-election now. I want to do all these wonderful things, and and uh, it wasn't good at the time, but it's good now. So, so Ray, how does this process work? Um, yeah, they they bring the petition forward. Do, do they have to do the whole special committee again? Do they have to meet again that way, or how do you think it's going to be handled this time? I, I if if, and I'm. Uh, I'm not in the legislature anymore, and it's kind of hard for me to, you know, kind of tell them what they, <laughs> what I think they ought to do. I've kind of stayed out of it. <clears throat> but if it was me, I would, uh, you know, take uh, John Barker, who's a magistrate judge out of Abilene, and have him head up a committee again like he did last time. And... Uh, go ahead and proceed with it and see where the, the cards fall. But I don't know if you were in the legislature at the time that we had the instance in uh, the education committee. Yes, I was. Where, I know the one. Where, Valdinia uh, Wynn. Right. Well, yes. again, we had a Democrat from Kansas City, Kansas, that caused all kinds of problems in the uh, education committee. And she happened to be the minority chair. And we ended up formed the committee uh, to look into that situation. Unfortunately, the uh, and we had that on tape. I mean, there wasn't any speculation or conjecture or anything. I mean, we had everything that happened on tape. And we formed a committee and uh, gave her a, uh, the chair of the committee was a female uh, uh, lawyer, uh, Aaron, Aaron Davis, right, to make things fair, and the Democrats put members on it, and the Republicans put members on that committee, and the committee came out with nothing because everybody was afraid that they're be, going to be called a racist or anything else that they could be called, like the Democrats like to call you, and they come out with the committee didn't do anything. Yeah, I remember and, uh, that incident, and what she yeah. did uh, that prompted it was was pretty egregious. Yeah. Some of the things that she said certainly violated decorum, sure, sure. to say the yeah. least. And and I think I think legislatures will have trouble doing anything to their own, and uh, because they're going to be afraid that they're going to be labeled something that they're not. And uh, this young man would probably. <laughs> hurry up and label them as quick as he could. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know if a committee uh, of his peers, in this case, would, would come, come forward with anything. No, and, and I think, you know, my my default to this is probably, yeah, it's, un, it's unfortunate and the kid needs some help, but you've got an election, let the election sort it out. You mentioned you're not in the legislature anymore, Ray. Do you miss it at all, or are you glad to not have to be, you know, hoofing it up to Topeka? <laughs> I enjoyed my time. I enjoyed the people, and 
I do miss the people being being with uh, my colleagues up there, but I don't miss the process. <laughs> I'm sure you don't miss the press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sure don't miss the press. That's for sure, Mr. Speaker. And I, and I think and I think a lot of this stuff that we're seeing with uh, Coleman and is being being pushed by the press. They love to push this stuff and and. Uh, They'll keep it on the on the front burner, so to speak. Yes, they do for sure. Well, it makes for good headlines. It sells it sells right. newspapers. Ray, yeah. thank you I again. I, I, I don't miss the microphone in my, my face all the time. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Speaker, thank you again for joining us this evening. Hey, I appreciate thank you, you, brother. Thank you, John, any any time. Enjoyed serving with you, young man. Yes, me too. Thank you, sir. We'll be taking your calls at seven forty-five. In the meantime, coming up after the break. Ashley Varner from the Freedom Foundation will join us. We'll discuss the growing number of teachers' unions who are once again trying to shut down our nation's schools. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Hi, this is Todd with Truck Stuff here in Wichita. As we enter 2022, resolve to make your truck great again. Whether you got what you wanted for Christmas or not, we can help. Come visit our awesome sales staff and let our top-notch installation crew get all those goodies put on your truck. Lift it, lower it, bed cover it, sidestep it, and a lot more. In Old Town, for 34 years and counting, we've got everything to make that truck great again. Come shop local with us here at Truck Stuff, 427 North Washington. Hi folks, this is Bart with HomeSafe Hearth and Chimney, Wichita's fireplace expert since 1979. Welcome to winter. This is a reminder that if you have a gas fireplace, it should be serviced annually. If you're having issues with your gas fireplace or your gas logs, our trained technicians are here to help. Visit our 3,000 square foot showroom or call us today at 316-265-9828. Home safe hearth and chimney. We keep the home fires burning safely. Weather brought to you by Native Lights Casino. Clear skies this evening and definitely a chilly night ahead. 21 degrees for the low, a light southwest wind of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Grab those sunglasses for Monday. Plenty of sunshine, 48 degrees, a light southwest wind. Warmer readings on the way for Tuesday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. Fox News, I'm Kathleen Maloney. A faulty space heater is blamed for a deadly fire in the Bronx. Delaney Rodriguez was rescued by firefighters. It was dark. We couldn't see anything. The smoke was really bad. At least 19 people, including nine children, died in the fire. Dozens of people are injured, some critically. American and Russian diplomats will begin high-stakes talks in Geneva tomorrow. They're all triggered by some 100,000 Russian troops on the border with Ukraine, the threat of invasion, and demands by Russian President Vladimir Putin for Ukraine and other countries to stay out of NATO and for the troops and arms of the U.S.-led alliance to back away from Russia. Fox's Greg Palcott. The U.S. is warning Russia of economic and other sanctions if aggression against Ukraine continues. America is listening to Fox News. We don't like to brag. Thank you guys for doing a great job. You guys are rocking it, man. We really don't like to brag. It's great. We love you. You do an awesome job. Bragging is just so tacky. First of all, you guys are great. I'm so glad I found this radio station. I am just so grateful. I'm a new listener and already a huge fan. I listen all the time. Every day. And I'm glad I found you guys. 98.7 and 13.30. You're doing a great job. Blah, blah, blah. KNSS. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. We don't need no education. Probably a good thing in Chicago right now. You can't get one. (laughs) Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. You'll find links to all of our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and 
Follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. This week, the leaders of some of the nation's largest and most politically active teachers unions were once again advocating for closing America's schools, thus fermenting needless panic at the expense of the children whose welfare is supposed to come first, at least that's the theory. Joining us now to discuss this is Ashley Varner. She is the Vice President of Communications and Federal Affairs for the Freedom Foundation. Ashley, thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks so much for having me on, John. I've got to tell you, that's a perfect segue song. <laughs> Uh, it would be funny if it weren't sad for yeah. what we're doing to the children. No, I, I well, we always try and do appropriate intro music, and uh, when Dave suggested that, I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the right one." Um, yep. It's you know you know it's bad when even Doctor Fraudchi uh, agrees that there's very real damage done by keeping students out of school, and it overweighs it outweighs the threat you know, posed by the Omicron variant, et cetera, et cetera, and yet they do it again. I just don't understand this. Well, now, first of all, he's Mr. Science to you, John. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. You're not allowed to question. You're not allowed. It's, like, right. it's like the old pagan gods. We're not allowed to question. <laughs> but you know what? You're right. We have suddenly heard uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, the media elites, some of our state and local politicians are now starting to say, oh, it's time to get the kids back in school. No, the the costs outweigh the benefits, the risks of the Omicron. Uh, they really need to be there. You're starting to hear people who a year ago were giving the teachers unions everything they wanted on a silver platter. Now you've got Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot telling the teachers, your students need you. You have to come back to class. The new New York City mayor, uh, what is his name? Eric something. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. He's, he's, he's the not too much different than the last one, but he's a little better. A, a little better. But he's saying, you know, the teachers, you've got to come back. The, uh, the schools are the safest place for kids. This wasn't happening a year ago. So what changed, John? You know what changed? We're now in an election cycle. Right. And these people do not want millions of angry parents going to the polls while they have in the back of their head the fact that the teachers' unions and the politicians who have been bought by these teachers' unions have allowed their children to languish outside of the classroom, to be harmed physically, mentally, emotionally by the isolation and by the lack of educational opportunities. Parents are furious. They are fed up. Many of these, I know this isn't the same thing in Kansas, but in Chicago, in New York City, in Los Angeles, Many of these students have not seen a classroom in a year and a half. Yeah, it's bad. It's outrageous. It's bad. But, but now, yeah, now we're in silly season. So now something has to be done. And the teachers unions are finally starting to see pushback that they did not have to worry about last year. Well, and more than 2,000 schools across the country have prepared to close for at least one day over these next 18 days. But the science just doesn't support this decision and when asked about it, the White House is him and hawing. Even Joe Biden won't stand up to them. You'd think that at least the president could stand up for children, but he won't because he's bought and paid for by these unions. Well, Randy Weingarten, she's the president of the American Federation of Teachers, and she is at the White House on a regular basis. Uh, we know now that last year around this time, she was having regular conversations with the CDC officials to keep schools closed for longer, to delay the reopening of school guidance. Uh, we know they've been lobbying for this. They used their school closures to gain bargaining chips uh, that they wouldn't have had otherwise. This is basically a strike they're calling without having to call it a strike. And in, in many ways, they have been able to get things that they couldn't have gotten. They've gotten millions of dollars. I was going to say, uh, including a ton of money, a ton yes. of taxpayer money. Your money your listeners' money, my money. It's not just money printed out of thin air. That's our taxpayer dollars going to fund these schools. And then when they're supposed to reopen, they say, no, we need more. We need more. They always need more. You know, the sad part here, Ashley, my, my mother was a teacher. My daughter-in-law is a teacher. My sister's a teacher. The teachers themselves aren't to blame for this. It's the unions that, that no longer... I mean, I, I think they, they long ago abandoned any pretext of representing the rank and file membership. Now it's just about pushing their agenda 
and getting those who will support them elected. I, and for, as far as I can tell, the unions no longer represent the teachers. They just represent themselves. Well, that's true. We, we've known this. You and I have known this, John, for years, that the teachers unions are political entities. They're political players. They take dues money out of teachers' paychecks, which are, again, taxpayer-funded paychecks. You and me pay those teacher salaries. They take dues out of their paychecks. They funnel it to their national union organizations. And then they spread it around during election time, and they buy the politicians who are going to do their bidding. And that's what they've been doing for decades. But they have shown themselves during COVID to be political entities first and foremost. They are not educators. When I have to call them educators, I call them political educators. Uh, They are politicians. They simply don't have the votes. So they actually buy the people who will do their votes for them. And you make an important point, John. These are not teachers. They're not the rank and file that we're talking about typically across the country. We at the Freedom Foundation hear from teachers every day, especially during COVID. They are tired and they are fed up with the political gamesmanship. They do not want to be associated with these teachers unions. They want to be back in the classroom, and they have had such a hard time trying to figure out how to really educate their kids over Zoom school, but they call the Freedom Foundation. All we do every day is help public sector employees leave their unions, resign their membership, stop paying dues to an agenda they don't support, and we're hearing from teachers by the hundreds and thousands just saying, please help us, because I'm sure you know this, for all of their anti-bullying campaigns across the country, the teachers' unions are the biggest bullies oh, in America. Oh, absolutely. And they bully those teachers, yes. And, and so teachers want help. They need, they need to know how to get out. They need, they need kind of some encouragement. And so that's what we do at the Freedom Foundation. We are happy to support the, true, uh, the tried and true educators who are our teachers, not the teachers' unions. Well, and those unions, I mean, having served in the legislature, I know the most powerful entity up there is the KNEA, the Kansas you know, Teachers Union. And we're talking with Ashley Varner from the Freedom Foundation. So, Ashley, I've talked to and I know there are parents that are asking what can they do to push back. Obviously, you know, vote for candidates who support parents' rights. We certainly saw that here in Wichita, the last election, all throughout Sedgwick County, where folks were voting out school board members. But this whole thing also reinforces the need for school choice, doesn't it? Because, I mean, as long as you keep feeding the establishment, they're just going to keep doing this. Well, that's true. And and I think the school choice movement has gotten a huge, just shot in the arm. I was going to say that unironically, um, <laughs> but... They've gotten a shot in the arm with this whole COVID because parents are finally seeing they really don't have any control over their kids' education if the teachers' unions are going to force schools to be closed. But I'll tell you what, what really good thing came out of this whole COVID and and Zoom school, John, is that parents were forced to pay attention, to listen in on the instruction their children were getting when it was coming over the computer screen. And that's when we heard about CRT, you know. So parents were forced to stay at home and monitor their kids, but in doing so, they finally got a real live look into the classroom and into the garbage that are being taught to our kids. And that the, the COVID shutdowns led to the CRT awakening of that's what's going on. And school choice movement is just, it is an organic movement from the ground up. These parents are fed up, they are exhausted, and they're also really, really angry. And that's why these politicians and, and Mr. Science, Dr. Fauci, are starting to ease in the fact that, no, we need to get the kids back into school because they want the, ki- they want the kids back in school so that the parents start to forget what they did to their children yeah. over the last year and a half. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ashley, in case folks are interested, if they want more information about the Freedom Foundation, they can visit freedomfoundation.com, Correct. That's right. Freedomfoundation.com. If you are a a teacher, if you're a a loved one of a teacher and they are tired of paying dues to this agenda, go to freedomfoundation.com. We can help them. You can call us. You can email us. Uh, We have information on how they can get out. They can do it online. We make it very, very easy. If they want to go to another website, it's optouttoday.com. We have an interactive website of all the states. You can go to your state, click on it, click on your union. We help you fill out a form that prints off a letter. 
we'll get it as well so that we can follow up and make sure that your union actually listened to you. And if they don't, the Freedom Foundation actually also has a team of attorneys that will help make sure the union listens to your request to opt out. That's fantastic. That's great news. That's good information. Again, it's freedomfoundation.com. Ashley, I appreciate you joining us this evening. Thank you for what you're doing and for fighting for for parents and for kids, really. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thank you so much, and let's go Chiefs. (laughs) Yes, amen. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open. You can reach us, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Southern Rock at its best. Returns to Seven Clans First Council Casino and Resort. Friday, February 18th, 38th special in an all-ages show. Get tickets at the casino box office. Check 7plans.com. 38th special at Seven Plans First Council Casino and Resort in Newkirk. Hi, this is John Whitmer, host of The John Whitmer Show, inviting you to join us Sunday night at 7 when my guests will include former Speaker of the Kansas House, Ray Merrick. He'll join us to discuss next week's unprecedented attempt by House Democrats to expel one of their own members. Justin Olson, former CFO of Turning Point USA, will answer the question, what will 2022 be known for? We'll check in with Representative Blake Carpenter about missing the 2022 legislative session due to his Air Force deployment. Michael Letts, the founder of Invest USA, will join us to discuss the one-year anniversary of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol and whether or not the January 6th committee is just a joke. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls. That's all coming up this Sunday evening at 7 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Somebody once observed that we are each living out our own autobiography. It's like a movie. We're all the stars of our own movie. We experience the world around us. And like any good movie, we have a soundtrack. An original score of the day's news. I'm guessing I'm guessing you have one. Composed by Glenn Beck. Dare I suggest a radio show hosted by some fantastic uh, and entertaining guy. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. Mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. There is a line where civil disobedience is an obligation. Dana Lash is going to war. Peaceful. Like, I don't want to hurt people. So, like, protesting? Yeah, you better believe I'd be. Uh Uh-huh. See, it's my moral center that keeps me from acting on my worst impulses. It's not the law. I feel very joker about that. (laughs) Okay. The law is something that people who are corrupt pat themselves on the back about because they know they're not going to follow it, but the good people will. The Dana Show. All of a sudden now with a Batman movie. I thought my jokes were bad. Weekdays from 11 until 2. On 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Steve and Ted Mornings. I'm sure some people are popping the champagne cork tonight. Uh, of course. It, it is not one of my favorites. I just think it's oh, oversweet and, and it gave me one time a heck of a hangover. Of course, I guess that second bottle I should have put down. Overserved again. Overserved again. I guess we'll disagree <laughs> on that. I'm a big you, fan you of like champagne. champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Tasty. Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Joe Biden's foreign policy? Let her rip, Sean. I remember only a few months ago when everyone in the mob and the media, they were out there lauding Biden's tremendous foreign policy credentials. In reality, Joe Biden has never, ever, ever been good at anything, and especially foreign policy. And it gets better. Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy. Sean Hannity, today too. Our enemies are watching. This is embarrassing. 98.7 and 1330 K. Duct tape alert. The Glenn Beck program. What you are about to hear will, it could make your head explode. But you might pray for that. So maybe you don't wrap your head in duct tape. Mornings from 9 until 11. Joe Biden has warned of a winter of severe illness and death. Which is, you know, the kind of the fun stuff that you like to hear from the president. Can we click our heels? Is there anybody with me? Can we just go back to sane places? 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. It's the Dana Show. 
You know what? Ignore everyone. The government doesn't know what the hell they're doing. All of the critics out there don't know what the hell's going on. You you know what's best for your family. Why, why do you got to seek validation from Uncle Sam or anybody else in the peanut gallery? Screw all these people. Do what's best for you and your family. The end. And if people got a problem about it, tell them to pound sand. New year, new you. Dana Lash. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Of course, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. So, Dave, speaking of Twitter, I've got... Excuse me. I've got a uh, tweet here that I had to share with you. All right. Uh, This is from the National Educators United. It's one of these larger teachers unions that we were just talking about. Uh And it says, that's right, parents, educators, students, and community members, sign, share, and retweet this open letter to all federal and state decision makers, including state education leaders, state representatives, and it's got the list of who it went to. It's basically they're sending this open letter to any elected official who has a say on education policy in the country advocating for a national two weeks to pause and hashtag, hashtag protect our community. And then there's a link to the petition. All right. So they're already now calling for two weeks of school closure, basically. Two whole weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Close schools for two weeks. And I guess it's it's another it's another two weeks. <laughs> you know, it's another one of those just another two weeks to slow the curve. I mean, it's just because so, it worked so well the last right, time. Yeah. So is it like a certain two weeks that is it a, something across the country or a national two weeks? I had I mean, it's the NEA. They, I tried to open the tweet and I can't re- open it because I'm blocked <laughs> from them. But it's <laughs> national two weeks to pause and protect our community. Right. Two weeks. Two weeks. That, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. It's not. I'm just guessing. The incubation period of COVID right. can be 14 days. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Again, science. Right. So, yes, it's science. Well, yeah. you know, John, uh, back in my day, <laughs> they didn't close school for anything. Oh, my. Yes. We no. could have 12 inches of snow, and there could be ice everywhere. And we're if the buses can't drive you to school, you're walking to school, kid. Uphill both ways. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to like it. I mean, they, they didn't cancel school for anything. No. Uh, I, just, I don't get this. No. It, it's just... I. And I don't, you know, I, I look at, I, I was talking to a state rep, you know, because they're gearing up for the session, and they're sitting on $2 billion wow. in, in surplus right now. Yeah. And I saw Derek Schmidt just came out with a proposal um, to spend a billion dollars to pay down capers, basically pay down the state's debt. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you're going <laughs> to... They're legislators. They're going to spend that money. Oh, absolutely. Right. And the governor's yeah. not going to sign any significant tax cuts because that doesn't feed her base. They're not going to vote for her. But that would be a decent idea. If you, since you're going to have to spend it, the bulk of it, let's at mm-hmm. least pay down debt. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to a state rep who's already hearing from school folks, we need more money, we need more money for this, we yeah. need more money for that, we need more. And, and he pointed out the massive amounts of COVID funding right. that the school, federal money, and he asked, he asked this superintendent, and it's a superintendent from one of the local districts. Okay. He asked them specifically, well, what did you do with the hundreds of millions of dollars that your district received yeah. in federal COVID money? Well, we still need more money. We can never, it'll never be. That's why, yeah. that's why we play our, you know, that's why our, our, our theme song 
is never enough. That's why it our education theme song, our school funding theme song is that, is because it's for those folks, it's never enough money. And to think that they would do there, yes. <laughs> but to think about that, that they're already advocating for more money. Yep. Already. Right. Legislator hasn't even session session hasn't even begun yet. They just got a ton of money from the federal government, and they already need more. Well, that, that's usually how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, and this, and, and and yet, we're talking about districts that for a period of time, two years ago, were closed. Last year, they had closings. You know, and you want to close again. Right. Your union's telling you to close, therefore you have to close. And now there's a, you know, a, a let open letter going around Sign the petition. Tell, call on your legislature to close schools for two weeks. Yeah, interesting. You know, two weeks. You're right. Two weeks is just not going to be. What does that do? But you could close for a month. And what you know, what does that do? I, if you at least if you closed for a month, I think it would it would be effective. Maybe if yeah. if that is what you're trying to do, because then anybody who gets it is going to get it, work it out, and be over it. Versus a, true. a fourteen day is you know with the incubation period you're not you're gonna you're likely to catch it and come back with it right at least if you did thirty days again I'm not advocating for closing schools for thirty days <laughs> right. but at least if you're gonna do it do it smart yeah we've it's been proven already how many times again the definition of insanity how many times do we have to keep trying the same crap over and over again yep. before we recognize it doesn't work. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, position because you got the the parents that definitely want their kids in schools and the yep. teachers unions that want to close the schools. You know, it's, it's going to be a different fight this year than it was last year. Because I think so. Last year, nobody really knew what to expect. Yeah, we, maybe we should be safe and just go ahead and close down for a while. But this year, you know, we kind of know more about uh, about what this virus does. Well, and let's also keep one thing in mind. You know, and again, I'm all for teachers, but they're still getting paid. Maybe if we had to do these uh, lockdowns and stuff when you didn't get paid, that might be a factor in it. Yeah, I think that would be a, a if, different if thing. If their members were, yeah, we're going to close to schools, but it's non-paid time off, uh, then these unions might not get uh, quite so pushy about asking for time off for their teachers. No two weeks, members. probably, if that was the case, right? Uh, that would be my guess. My guess is you wouldn't get two weeks off if it wasn't paid. But right. I'm just, you know, again, I'm maybe I'm just a bit of a cynic. We'll take a quick uh, break. Stick around, because after the top of the hour break, Michael Letts from Invest USA will be with us. We'll talk about the uh, anniversary of the January 6th, you know, quote-unquote, insurrection. And whether the House Committee on the January 6th riot is in reality a partisan joke, more intent on hiding the errors and negligence of the public instead of finding out about a serious security lapse by Capitol Police. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. We'll be back right after this.